0: The worst. Okay, hold on. I'll do the weeping angel thing.
1: Yeah, I was
2: just so. Thank you for your support. Okay. Hello, oh, Oh, what the hell? (laughs) Sorry.
1: Sorry.
2: (laughs) It's gonna be a long afternoon. hello sweeties and welcome to my streaming bubble that podcast where i talk about the shows that i love with the people i tolerate i'm your host jen and you're probably wondering why i'm speaking in an english accent well it isn't a why but a who today eric and laura will be tolerated and we will share our fave and least faves of this wibbly wobbly timey wimey sci-fi classic doctor who hello eric and laura
1: hello hello
2: (laughs) Don't worry. I won't do the accent during the whole time because I'm not (laughs) that great at it, but I may slip in and out throughout the rest of the recording. So
1: I totally appreciate your commitment to it (laughs) though.
2: Thanks. (laughs) Well, and I've been binge watching Dr. Who just kind Mm -hmm. of refreshing and it's a nice comfort watch. Mm -hmm. So yeah, had the accents going, but now I'm on Capaldi with his Scottish accent. And that's probably one of my worst accents. Yes, but like at least you accent. can complain
1: properly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So today we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll start with kind of the obvious. We're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite, um, Doctor. And we're going to cover just the new Who series. So everything from Christopher Eccleston to Jodie Whittaker. Um, so spoilers. All right, Um, now we'll start with you. Eric, who is your favorite doctor and why?
1: Ooh, what's funny is I've had a few weeks for that to actually think about this (laughs) because I knew we were gonna have this conversation and yet I haven't come up with a proper answer to that. Um, If we are choosing just one of the new age doctors, honestly, I think I have to go with Matt Smith.
2: Yes. One of us, one of us.
1: (laughs) Like most people, I think in America now who are Dr. Who's fan, Dr. Who fans. I was introduced to Dr. Who through Netflix when it was on Netflix. And that was, uh, God, that feels like forever ago. It was, it was, I was living with me and Anastasia were lit. Had our second apartment together at that time. It was in 2012 or 13. 2012, I think. Yeah. That sounds. Okay. That's right around. Yeah, that's right around the time when I got introduced to Doctor Who, and uh, it's funny. Um, uh, when I worked for uh, DOT, a coworker of mine uh, had told me about it, um, and he was a fan of the show, and I was just like, eh, yeah, you know, sure, I'll get around to watch it. You know how you know how we get how people mm-hmm. get when, they, when someone makes a suggestion to watch a show you're like yeah sure i'll get to it but you never i do. don't
2: know why i feel the sudden urge to just automatically resist it like they're absolutely right like i will probably like yeah. the show but i'm just like Ugh, it sounds dumb
1: you would trust that somebody <laughs> don't tell me what who, to do yeah. yeah well that's exactly it that's exactly it but you would trust that somebody who has similar tastes than you would actually provide you with good advice when it comes to like sources of media and it's like oh, okay, I'll get around to watching it someday, whatever. And uh, me and Anastasia, I think um, this may not have been exactly how it happened. It was in 2012, by the way. But we were just sitting in the living room, going through Netflix, and I saw it. And this was before Netflix like started like uh, 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 giving you previews of the show that you're gonna watch. It was just like a still, and I didn't know what to make of it. And I think the still was of like one of the Slavines, and I was like, that's a big, weird-looking, green, fat alien. I was like, what makes him think I'm going to like this show? I'm going to try it. And I turned it on. And, I, and um, what? I, what?
2: how dare I, they think I like them going to like this show? I'm going to watch it and prove them wrong. Oh, wait, this is awesome. And I, there you, you go. beans are a gateway drug.
1: <laughs> well, It's kind of funny because in that first season, they make two appearances. But after the second episode, the first episode didn't sell. I thought the first episode was really weird because of the plastic people, you know. Um, <laughs> and Ricky, uh oh no, Mitt Ricky. Mickey. Uh Ricky's the alternate universe version of Mickey. Uh or was it the other way around? Nope, you're right.
2: Okay, you're right.
1: I'm right, okay, okay. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, that's it. Um, you know the way he looked when he was all plasticky in that episode, it just gave me this weird vibe. When
2: he's in the car and he's like, pizza, pizza, pizza. That's (laughs) it. Creepy. Also,
0: how did Rose not
2: notice that? But anyway. uh, We'll We'll get into a
1: Rose conversation later, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We might have to bottle that for our Companions episode. Or if we get to Companions today, then we'll unleash that. We'll get less to say.
1: But anyways, um, so this is all getting to what my point with Matt Smith is I wasn't sure what to make of the show at first. And then I just decided, you know what, I'll give this another try and then another try and then it became another try and then another try and then another try and another try. Next thing you know, I'm on David Tennant's farewell episode. Okay. Um, The show gripped me in a way, you know, when I started watching game of Thrones, game of Thrones came in for me after Dr. Who. And I love GOT. It's one of my favorite shows and GOT gripped me the way Dr. Who first gripped me, um, or vice versa. I got the same feeling between these two shows. It's addictive, great storytelling for Dr. Who it's cheesy, but it's the right amount of cheese. And, you know, there's, there's aliens, there's ships, there's companions, there's a whole lot of running, you know, there's so much
2: cardio, (laughs) so
1: much cardio, you know, um, there's, there's lore, there's there's just a deep history of this character. And the more I watched, the more I learned to appreciate it. And then when it was Matt Smith's, my my second run watching Matt Smith's theory, where I really, really started to like him. Because you know how you get when your doctor dies fuck the next doctor. Nobody mm-hmm. likes him. Well, I don't, <laughs> th- I don't think anyone's like that anymore, really. But at the time, so like when Christopher Eccleston left, I was. Like, no, I don't want this new young guy with big hair. Get him off my screen. Shoot, off with you. <laughs> you know? bring, bring back my sassy doctor, you know? Um, and then, of course, like all of us, we fell in love with David Tennant. You know, I'm, uh, I'm sure we can spend a whole entire episode just talking about David Tennant alone. Um, but when Tennant left, I had the same feeling. Tennant then became my new favorite doctor. And then it just seemed like that was just how it was going to be. And I was like, no one's going to beat this David Tennant guy. I was like, he was amazing. He had three, three years of the, as the Doctor, so many episodes, different companions. How can it compare? And then here comes Matt Smith, this unknown actor, at least in the United States. And I'm not quite sure how well-known he was in the UK. Even. And he is joined by really young, as usual, uh, companions. But now we have a boy and a girl who are set to be married. And they helped set the tone for Matt Smith's character almost throughout his entire run. And he just, over the years that we were with him, he, we, we got to know him more as a, as the doctor. He made the doctor, the doctor. As far as what it is today. Yes. Smith or not Smith. I'm sorry. Uh, Tenet set the tone I think for what the expectations of uh, the future doctor who would, who, what it would be. But Matt Smith, set the bar in my opinion of what I personally think the doc who, who the doctor is Um, personality wise, you know, his uh, he's always he he wants to have fun, but he's not going to put up with your shit. The the Matt Smith's doctor does have a dark side to him. He's had some of the best storylines in the entire series. Some of the best villains introduced during Matt Smith's series and even some of the best use of older villains in Matt Smith's series. Um, I could probably keep going. I want to give Laura a chance to answer the question and you, of course, but I guess I'll just stop by saying that. I I really think Matt Smith, no matter how many times I watch his series, I just just never get sick of it. It always feels fresh.
2: Cool, right on. Laura? Well...
0: My outburst gave it away earlier. I mean, I'm <laughs> totally for Matt Smith. It's weird. I didn't have the the same, like, I don't, I don't want this new doctor feeling when, when David Tennant left, as much as I loved David Tennant's run. It just, there were, there were aspects of his storyline that made me feel like it was his time to go. So when Matt Smith came along, I was like, all right, this guy looks weird. This will be fun. (laughs) And it's, it's so much is he's that, he's that old man in a young man's body. And the way that he, you know, he simultaneously projects that, like he has been around the universe, the multiverse, whatever, multiple times done so many things. And he still finds a way to look at it with fresh eyes like that. That's just, that's something that we as as regular people just really struggle with you know and it made me feel like a little kid again watching his his run but at the same time there was very complicated you know adult subject matters going on too it was it was so weird to feel like you're addressing all of these mature things but you're having so much fun at the same time um it's kind of, I don't know, kind of like how I dis- I'd aspire to live my life, I guess. And then, of course, you know, he has a long-running companion or two. And the intertwining storyline between all of them, you really got to grow with them as a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that added to the charm of Matt Smith's run as well. Like I don't know if if the roles were reversed and David Tennant had the ponds, and Matt Smith had the the running rotation of characters if either would have worked as well.
1: That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't know if I could see it the opposite way, but I would also, have to say – Oh, go ahead. Can I just say, bow ties are cool. Bow ties are cool. What about fezes? Fezzes are – they're pretty cool.
1: Fezzes are all right. I like fezes. They always <laughs> make me think of – appreciate...
2: They always make me think of parades
0: as a kid with, with the little old guys on the heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. what I think of. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I could totally yep. see him doing that. Just oh. like popping into a parade.
1: <laughs> Riding one of those little cars.
0: Yep, yep. absolutely. Like <laughs> Doing rascal. a little figure eight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What about you, Jen?
2: Well, similar to your kind of first exposure to Doctor Who, I was late bit late to the game I I had friends that were just like you should watch it you'll like it um, I think like Marty was one of them and maybe Meg his wife and I was like yeah yeah I'll, I'll get to it I'll get to it and it wasn't until I was on maternity leave with the second kid Leem, I was like fuck it I'm just literally sitting here holding a baby like eight hours a day so why not And that was the end of it. So dived in at that point, burned through it, got all caught up. And it was right around the time of the uh, 50th anniversary. So the day of the doctor was, was coming out. So I burned through all of it just in time to buy that. (laughs) Cause I was like, I gotta see it. So for me, I guess originally my favorite was always uh, the ninth doctor. Uh, Christopher Eccleston's because he was the one he was he he was my first doctor his face (laughs) that this face saw and so followed him and then you know really enjoyed Tennant obviously he kind of was like the the sexier doctor had the spiky hair and everything and the nice suits Uh and I had a little bit of that resistance when he regenerated into the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith. But the way that first episode where he meets little Amelia Pond and, and his you know big grandiose speech at the top of the hospital when he's confronting mm-hmm. them, the aliens, the monster of the hour, I loved it. And so I didn't have as much resistance to that new doctor at the time. And over the years of watching and re-watching and re-watching and re-watching, I too have come to the conclusion that the 11th is my favorite doctor. Um, wow. For pretty much all the reasons that you guys have already stated. Um, I think I like, I thought his storylines were better, his arc. The inclusion of the ponds and River Song and all that intertwining, and just how he is, how that version of the Doctor was so much more entwined with his companions.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's,
1: you kind of felt like they were both <laughs>
2: Because they are. Well, they were. They yeah, were. They,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: they, they were.
1: <laughs> they were actually. Spoilers. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
2: so that's, so and i love that storyline i love that whole like him and river and the meeting in out of order and the way that was done i liked uh i even like like his theme his theme music that's
1: a lot more art yeah
2: Usually, if I'm like doing chores or running around doing stuff around the house, that's my little like get up and go song. <laughs> Actually, I could just see you a...
1: back, you mean, and you're swinging your head back forth, going, bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum, bum. bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, that's a really
0: good point. When I think of the theme song, like when it just randomly runs through my head, it is
2: that one. It's that one. It's, yeah, it's catchy. It's fun. It's, there's like intensity to it.
1: Well, Eccleston intended, I should think. I'm pretty sure through most of Tenant's run, even shared the same theme song. Did they not? I feel like they did. Maybe there was a little bit of tweaks for Tenant, but I don't think it was that different from Eccleston's.
0: There were some intro changes. Yeah. A little but bit.
2: The and thing towards, is, they're
0: not remarkable to me.
2: Yeah. And I think no, with Tenant, yeah. like his, especially towards the end, his, his theme seemed to incorporate the drums, the four, yeah. The four yeah. knocks. Yeah. 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 Um, which, which was clever. Like four yeah. But
0: so you brought they up a good point. They that for that
1: whole season, too.
0: What's that? You brought up a good point. I think uh, Matt Smith does a really good job with establishing platonic relationships and showing the power that they can have. Like, even if his companions think they have a silly little crush on him, it's not, it's not uh, like pining, you mm-hmm. know, um, unrequited love type thing it's yep. just it's a healthy reestablishing of no our our relationship is is platonic and look at how great it is
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know i think and that's that's one of the things that i've wanted from the doctor because one of the things i really hated about the whole david tennant arc was okay he's the sexy doctor fine but does that really mean that everyone has to be in love with him all the time, or infatuated is better because they're not really in love with him. They don't really
2: know him. So, yeah. You know. And, that, well, and, and I felt like Donna uh, with Tenet's run was that breath of fresh yes. air. Um, needed, very needed. So we had to take a quick break, but we're back. So we're going to pick up about where we left off. And we were talking about um, the doctors, Tenet being kind of the sexy doctor and the companions, you know, falling in love with him, quote unquote, and Matt Smith coming along and his version of the doctor and showcasing more of that platonic love and what a breath of fresh air Donna was for the 10th doctor, for David Tennant. Um, a couple of things that I'd kind of picked up on in in that spirit of that conversation, because I completely agree that um, yeah, Tennant was like the sexy doctor and everyone was falling in love with him and you know, cause we had Rose and then Martha, poor Martha pined for him. And I think that like, you know, throughout the series, it's brought up the vanity issues that 10 had, you know, he didn't want to regenerate when he was supposed to technically. And I think in that he knew what he, he knew how Martha felt about him and he kept her around for that reason. She was his, you know, rebound companion. So he kind of needed that ego, self-esteem boost. Because when she confronts him, when she's getting ready to leave, he has that look of shame, like he knew exactly what he had been doing to her. Uh, And I feel that eleven was also vain in the sense that he needed that admiration and love and respect as well, but he didn't want a repeat of Rose or Martha, or even the pain of the loss of Donna as, a, as his best friend, which I always love that he referred to Donna as his best friend. Not mm-hmm. just a friend, not just a companion, not just someone over here, his best friend. Um, but Eleven still kind of needed all those things that Ten needed, but to play it safe, that's I think the reason why he picked up Rory as soon as he found out Amy was engaged because he's like, oh, no, we are not doing this again, especially after she all smooches him and everything. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, no, we're going to make sure you two stay together. I'm not a part of this. I'm just the third wheel best friend. And also why I think he was, why we saw more kids with, with Eleven, because he needed that admiration without the complicated emotions. <laughs> you know, where he could wow kids and just, you know, do his silly dance and everything. And, kind of like
1: a magician. Yeah, and they,
2: and they loved him for that. And that's, so the, between the regenerations, the doctor learned that and was like, no, no, we're not going to complicate things. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. I, that's my little theory on that.
1: I agree with you. I, I actually agree with you completely on that. I don't, have a, I don't have any type of argument to what you said um yes you're right Tenet knew exactly what he was doing you know the 10th doctor he it his intentions I don't think were bad I don't think he, he intentionally he meant to hurt anyone or make them feel like they were being used like I don't even think Martha felt like she was being used but she after a while she saw what was going to happen if she kept going down this road with him so she got out mm-hmm. she she was like she stepped away she was like I can't do this um because she fell for him too you Mm -hmm. know and she knew that he didn't feel the same way about her and whenever she would try to somewhat express herself it was like talking to a wall and then you know hmm. what well
0: this is dipping into dr laura a bit but
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he has a history of treating companions as they are somewhat disposable and that is partially because the 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 temporary nature of relationships but also the relative shortness of human life compared to his own um but i don't know like i'm not saying that Ten's intentions were to hurt anyone but he absolutely knew he was doing that yeah and he was okay with it yes
1: okay sure okay uh fair enough yeah because the time lords you know obviously they are now as we're learning they're basically unkillable creatures um they
2: uh
1: that's gonna be a whole that'll be a whole other episode (laughs) we'll save that (laughs) i'm Uh,
2: assuming we're talking about uh the timeless child because we may need to just do an entire recording on the timeless child since
1: Re- well, I we'll think it's just re- gonna water.
2: turn into us complaining uh, like the whole time. But
0: any anyway, sure, anyway. Sure. <laughs> timeless child. I'll give you timeless child. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <It's Chibnall. laughs> oh, um, but uh, going back to. You know, and Laura poses a really good point. You know, I mean. The 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 doctor is well aware of the. He's well aware of his immortality. You know, he he knows. And he knows how fragile humans are. not just emotionally, but just, you know, as far as like their our lifespans go. So he, his issue is, is that he, he gets attached. You know, I mean, whether it's a short run like you have with Martha, you know, or, you know, a long run like he's had, uh, like the doctor has with uh, uh, Amy and Rory. Or even uh, Whittaker has with uh, her three companions right now. Mm -hmm. Or Um, even
2: just um, Clara's run with 11 and 12.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. It's just that the doctor... Yeah.
0: I think the attachment was more pronounced with 11. And I I think that was due to personal growth from, from the doctor. I mean, if you look at Eccleston he's he's fresh from the time war right mm-hmm. uh-huh. like he's lost that ability to have relationships of any kind with people he, sure and he's lost motivation to have those and then i think what happened was like rose's romantic adoration kind of started softening him a bit but it played into how David Tennant's run was I mean like it he was he was chasing people's I don't know lust love whatever infatuation whatever you want but he was chasing that he needed that I think the the admiration that 11 needed was it was it was still there but it was Something a little more wholesome, I think I think it was more right. about mm-hmm. being remembered, about knowing he had an impact um, and he's been a part of of people's lives the mm-hmm. so, like The moments that I remember that hurt him the most were like um, when when someone was recounting one of the minor characters was recounting how she had seen the doctor before and and um, he inspired their whole civilization and everything
1: oh a good um, man goes to war yep. yeah yeah yep. i know what you're talking about
0: and he couldn't remember her and he felt bad about that
1: well he may not have remembered her but he, you could tell he remembered the experience because he even well, yeah said we ran we ran so far you know but see, So,
0: but can't... that's 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 like when you don't remember someone's name and you're like, Hey, you, yeah, I mean, that was the safe thing for him to say.
2: Everyone, exactly. Everyone runs with the doctor. And I always felt that he didn't remember her specifically that yes, he might've remembered being on that planet and saving the people um, or whatever. But I, I never, even the last time I rewatched it, I'm like, I don't think he actually remembered her. Which nope. kind of goes against, you know, some of the things that different doctors have said. You know, they never forget a face. They remember everyone that they've lost. And I guess maybe technically he didn't lose her because she wasn't, you know, like a, a true traveling companion or even a one-off companion because, you know, she lives. But, you know, in that, what was it? I think Eleven even says, like, in his 900 years, he'd never met anyone. In, in, insignificant. Unimportant. Right, Because there's a moment where Ten, when he realizes that Wilfred was the man that knocks four times, um, and he lashes out at Wilfred, and I I will always be mad at him for that. Yeah, that Um, was so harsh. Because he's just like, who are you? You're so unimportant. You're nobody. He's like, I'm the doctor, and I could do so many great things. And of course, then he still saves Wilfred, but it just, that contrast between, I think, those two, those two. I think
1: he meant that more, uh, I think he meant that more ironically, though. I mean, if you go back and you watch it, which I think you, you just got done watching that episode not that long ago, and so did I. You know, you have to look at, the, you have to listen to the tone in which that the 10th Doctor is actually saying all of that. I don't think he's actually saying, Helen Wilfred, oh, yeah, I'm more important than you. You're, you're a nobody. You're a human. I'm an almighty Time Lord. I don't think he's getting that. He's upset with the fact that not so much that he's dying. I think he's more upset with the fact that he didn't see it coming the way that it did. And when he saves Wilfred, he's told tells Wilford in the end that it's his honor to allow him to live because the doctor has a great respect, despite whether he remembers people or not, you know, those side characters who say they've had interactions with him. The doctor has a fondness, a, a love, a very, very true fatherly uh, feeling that he has for humans. Like, he really feels the urge to protect them. And I think all he's saying, is like, oh, yes, I'm a Time Lord. I'm so important in comparison to you guys. But, you know, I, I think he's more along the lines of just saying, I don't think you realize how how important you really are.
0: Okay, wait. I guess I see your point here, but I took it more as... Like he would just gotten finished with the master and all those other big time Lord leaders, Timothy Dalton, that's all I remember, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, and he thought that something involving them was going to be his undoing. Like he thought that, Mm -hmm. like that, yeah, you're right. That caught him off guard. And compared to that whole chain of events, Wilfred was insignificant.
2: I guess I see your point, Ugh, but <laughs> that was definitely not, has never been my take on it. And the next time I watch it, I'll watch it with more of that frame of mind and
0: that kind of being see said, where it sits. Yeah. But for a 900 year old Time Lord, who's dealt with however many civilizations and whatever over the course of his life, to say something so tactlessly. hmm I mean, it was the least he could do to make amends to tell Wilfred it was his honor. Because if I recall correctly, Wilfred took that so hard. He was just and like, I'm he had an been struggling with it. Yeah. You can just
2: leave me. It's fine. It I was like, oh, you're breaking my heart. I'm breaking my heart. Wilfred,
1: Wilfred. Wil- Wil- Wilfred is like the perfect granddad, it seemed yes. like. Yeah. I really was wish awesome. they would have brought it back. I really wish that Wilfred I know that they totally like went the a whole new direction uh, once uh, Matt Smith came on board. But for as far as reoccurring characters go, Wilfred should have maybe have made even just a small minor guest appearance. I think in Matt Smith's run, even if just like walking down the street and you just take the glance at him, and Matt Smith gives like that Matt Smith wink. And that would
0: have been sweet,
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: I think Eleven's run was like making up for the fact that 10 hurt people with his vanity.
2: And I think maybe that's the lesson that the doctor himself herself overall learned between those two regenerations because you know we're we're always told that the doctor cannot travel alone. They always mm-hmm. need at least someone. And we kind of saw what happened to 10 when he travels alone.
1: And he nine. goes
2: he goes a little mad. Yeah. You know, 10, Time Lord Victorious in the the That was which Scary, one was that it? that's uh oh, water Sorry. of mars is that the one yes because he saves the astronauts oh yeah and he wasn't supposed to and then the one astronaut lady she's like no basically Talk fuck about- you and your time lord victorious bullshit and then she walks into the house and commits suicide like damn yeah. that episode and you know made be he- really hard <laughs> that was rough But he he needed to be brought down a peg. And unfortunately that was going to be, I think the most impactful had the Ood not shown up at, after all of that, I think that would have had a much more lasting impact on, on 10.
1: Right. Boy, man. Yeah. He, uh, you know, I just, I just watched the waters of Mars not that long ago. And, you know, I think it was only like my second time really, ever watching that special. And, Jesus That one's Christ. so scary. <laughs> I of all of those episodes, it's definitely the most messed up. Um, yeah. But you're right. Just at the end, when everybody's getting, when he's dropping everybody off in London, and he walks out, he's like, "Oh, looks no," and then whatever, and then
2: uh, he's so happy right. and proud of himself. Smug. But everyone else, like the the other two survivors, the one girl, she runs away. And yeah. then the other guy that lives, he, you know, chases that make sure, to make sure that she's all right. And I don't, I think, I think I even read somewhere that uh, technically like those two companions never, or not companions, but those two people never really forgave the doctor for saving them, bring him
1: home. Right. Well, what the doctor did is he, it, the, the, do, the doctor did something that the doctor is not supposed to do. He interfered with a fixed point because that was supposed to be a fixed point uh, where they all died and he prevented that that screwed everything up for them and probably that woman's granddaughter who inspired to be the first astronaut to travel to i don't even remember some some other distant planet uh, and maybe that's grand- why
2: 11 was so obsessed with fixed points and not fucking with fixed points and then being upset mm-hmm. with river when she sure. went and done fucked with the fixed point and right. broke of time course, itself
0: of course river would do that though i mean come on it's river
1: right i love her She's oh, my River.
0: favorite. I have such a crush on her.
1: She's the best. She my the best. wife my wife got to meet Alex Kingston at, at uh, WizardCon a couple of years ago also. She has a really nice picture with her. I wish I was there when it happened. But,
2: awesome. That's uh, she, said
1: awesome. She, she said she was super nice and she let her fluff the bottom of her hair because <gasps> he asked her to. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. That was, that was really cool. Um, yeah, River's one of those, River's an extremely, extremely rare character in television, I feel uh someone who could ju- who just pops in and out really i mean how many episodes does she really have all maybe less than know. ten.
0: yeah it's less than 10 mm-hmm. maybe
1: less than 10 altogether. yet she's one of the most important characters in modern day doctor who lore We're actually in all of doctor who now because even in the re- in the recorded books she's done uh, uh alex kington kington's does recording with paul mcgann Silve- mm-hmm. uh, sylvester i always forget his last name uh, basically, she's done recordings with all the surviving uh, original original doctors. Mm-hmm. So her story is spread all through this universe now, and even in books, probably. I, 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 and I'm really happy that they did bring her back one more time for Capaldi. Um,
2: yes. That was one of my favorite Capaldi episodes. Yes. The Husbands of River Song. And they spent their last night on, what was it, Trillium? Daryllium? Yep.
1: Terilium 24 years was one single it was night.
2: Was one night. Oh. How did
1: that not get you by the by by the heart, you know? Oh my god.
2: And every Christmas we always watch I make everyone watch the all the Doctor Who Christmas specials. So <laughs> I am coming up to it and just kind of my general binge watching and I'm very much looking forward to it cuz I also love that they that uh, River Song kind of ends, you know, on the on the screen ended with capaldi i don't know why i felt that that just worked so well because maybe it's because after 11 and after you know the war on trends that 900 700 800 year war of trends you know not only i mean aged him (laughs) like literally (laughs) and then you see you and i think that's why they went with older to kind of reflect a little bit more of how the doctor was feeling internally and externally, like just went through all of this and it's just weathered. Yeah. yeah. But still, but still in it to win it. He's still going to run around and try and save the dinosaur that he accidentally brought <laughs> into Victorian London.
1: Yeah. Uh, but what a first season that was for Capaldi, though. Don't you? Th- I mean, I feel like his first season was more of a test run for him. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of up and downs there, but. His introduction was spot on. I mean, there was no better introduction to a new Doctor, in my opinion, than the the introduction of Peter Capone.
2: That was such a good... Oh, I love the attack eyebrows. I wish they would have stuck with that a little bit more throughout his run. I felt like that kind of dropped off to the wayside a bit, but... Less less about the sonic sunglasses and more about the uh,
1: attack eyebrows. uh, yeah. No, no, yeah, exactly. But we're not saying Cabaldi's run was perfect.
2: No. Uh, but his, I wish it had been.
1: <laughs> I know. And I the guess. Thing is, he always wanted to be the doctor. It was like his childhood dream to play the doctor. He got to. It started off strong, but then it just, I think it ended okay. But it was just everything in between there. I would say his second season was just a complete letdown. Um, um, his first season was okay. His his swan song uh, season w- w- wasn't too bad, but I'm just starting my, my uh, third run on Capaldi. Like I think I told you, Jen, we just finished mm-hmm. watching uh, uh, Matt Smith's last episode the other day. So I'm going to go back into Capaldi's first season and second season and whatever with uh, more of an open mind because I think I was too harsh in judging it when I first went through it because – for such an old older looking time Lord, I felt like they tried to keep him too much like Matt Smith and not give him his own personality. Like, yes, he was more, a little, a little more cranky, but um, I, I feel like they tried to keep him feeling young. And, and I, I didn't. And
2: and I, 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 my... I kind of know what you mean. Cause so when I look at IMDB season eight is uh, Capaldi's first season with Clara and then Season nine is when we get Clara and then we also get uh, Maisie Williams kind of in there towards the end. Uh And then the 10th is his season with um, Bill Potts as the uh, companion Bill Potts. Yeah. So season eight... I agree, there's some up and downs, there's some strong episodes, there's some, I think, episodes that had a nice premise or a strong start, and then maybe the episode itself just kind of fell flat, but I'm not as familiar with the Capaldi seasons as I am with uh, Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith. So in watching it now, I think, yeah, there are some episodes that are, like his first episode, Deep Breath, I thought was a great introduction uh, to the new Doctor, we also get that small cameo from Matt Smith at the end when he calls Clara. And that was such a heart wrenching kind of moment. And he's like, I need you. He needs you be there for him, for us.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and don't is. be more scared than he is right now. Basically. He's, he's of those lines of what he yep.
2: He's like, he's like, I know you're scared, Clara, but imagine how frightened he is. I right. think that
0: was a really good way to frame Capaldi's character at that point.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
0: it was so abrasive. Uh, You know, it kind of like reminds me when you first catch a a feral animal and, you know, (laughs) have to gain its trust kind of thing. That's what I thought of. Like, and I think this is, again, a credit as to why after you spend some time and you rewatch that Matt Smith tends to come out on top as far as people's favorite doctor. It's because it's so hard to transition to Capaldi. And it's mm-hmm. nothing against Capaldi for that. Mm-mm. Um, you know, I do think that he was his own doctor in that abrasiveness that he had.
2: Um, but I felt like the, the abrasiveness like didn't stick. It felt like by his ninth season with Clara, you know, the, the ninth season, his second one with Clara, and then even the 10th season with Bill, he did, he I felt like he did get a little goofier a little less intense grouchy less (laughs) and less attack eyebrow-y you know a little bit more smith and Mm -hmm. less
0: season eight i'm struggling to pinpoint what caused that transition in his character
1: it could have been a lot of things i mean it could have been something with the writer's you know, maybe uh, got a uh, uh, was Stephen Moffat still the showrunner during uh yeah he was still the showrunner at that time, so maybe Moffat uh, wanted to try something new at the beginning, but didn't feel like he was winning over his audience with this new more stern like Doctor. So he maybe wanted to bring back elements of his uh, of Matt Smith Doctor into him to make him seem more. Relatable, more lovable, more grandfatherly, you know.
2: Now, within the show, you know, Laura said, you know, yes, what could have, what change could have happened to facilitate him going from grouchy to not as grouchy? And just looking at IMDb, there's Last Christmas where Nick Frost plays Santa. Oh, and yeah. so yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that one but then you've got like the face huggers and like the dreams within dreams and then at one point like and it's been a, I haven't watched that one since last Christmas but <laughs> <laughs> sorry um but he Capaldi he ends up it, like there's a, a at first like a time goof and he ends up in the far distant well not far distant future but Clara's a an old woman now and so maybe yep. it was kind of that Because he was shocked to see that she was old, um, had aged, or that his timing was that off or something.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. So it was just like all these, but that was still like, I think, a dream within a dream. But maybe all of that was enough to just kind of fuck with him. Yeah. Because I think he even ends, oh no, maybe that's the Mysterio one.
1: Well, what's the episode, what is the episode, I think it's season nine, where he's in the tower. Um and he ends up being in the tower for so long, for like, like thousands and thousands and thousands of Are you talking the
0: days? one where he punches through the wall? One, yes, one that one's
1: so out. good. Yes. yes. I feel that like... That was
0: a
2: Capaldi moment. That would not have been a Smith moment. Yeah.
1: Um, right.
2: It looks like it's uh season 9, episode 11, Heaven Sent.
1: Heaven Sent. Okay. Okay. But, you know, Capaldi had some pretty cool moments, though. I mean, despite... He was a great doctor. I think think Capaldi played the doctor brilliantly. Mm -hmm. It's just that he didn't have the best writers during his run, which was a shame. But he had. There were some great episode moments. The one of, and I can't wait to watch this episode again because God, I don't remember a lot of it offhand. But when he uh, meets uh, Davos as a child, I love that. Oh yeah. Oh my God! What an amazing episode that was because it's kind. That episode was more of like one of those theories like if you met baby hitler would you kill him because you know what he grows into being could right. the die? and that's kind of the feeling i i i got from that he knew what this child was going to turn into and he i believe in that episode was thinking about taking him out mm-hmm. but decided not to because one it, it's wrong the doctor doesn't i don't want to say the doctor doesn't kill the doctor definitely he has <laughs> Yeah, he's got some. He's got some blood on his hands, mm-hmm. but... but
0: he has to have like a good in the moment reason, and and
2: right.
0: you you know, killing someone for their future self is kind of hard to justify in the moment.
1: I suppose. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, but you know, that, that I think that that was definitely one of his uh, what one of his better episodes. Yeah, um, i I'm
2: looking forward to getting. Deeper into the Capaldi seasons, because I agree. I thought he was he could have been an amazing doctor, but the writing just wasn't strong enough. And initially, I thought I was being too harsh of a critic, but as I'm working my way through season eight, I'm not entirely wrong. i've' I haven't, I haven't completely changed my tune on that, but I'm acknowledging more of the stronger and the stronger episodes and the weaker ones and trying to see what they were trying to do with those weaker ones right, that right. just didn't translate well on screen.
1: I think what would make for a great conversation for us three later on in the future, in a future episode is delving deeper into the Capaldi and the Whitaker seasons, you know, um, because they they play so much differently than the first mm-hmm. three doctors. They really do. Whitaker's run so far, I think has been brilliant. Um, I, I know a lot of people are very critical about, uh, uh, about the way she's portraying the doctor and the way she's being portrayed as the doctor, uh, through the writing and things like that. But I think she is bringing such an amazing tone to this character that we have not even seen before, which can be a good or a bad thing, you know, depending on how Chris Chibnall decides he wants to take this goddamn series. And right. One, I'm so frustrated with
0: hers. Like I want so much to include her in this conversation of who my favorite doctor is and where she ranks and everything. But I got to be honest, she's at the bottom of the list and it is not because she's a woman doctor or or anything like that because Jodie Whittaker is a fantastic actress. She really yeah. is. And yeah, yeah. and you know, like it was hard that her first season was hard because like we lost the like, we lost continuity new companions new doctor new showrunner new writers we don't even get we don't even get the old villains to tie us over or mm-hmm. anything and no. i think that was too much change yeah so when they brought the master back, oh my God, I was like, Yes, it was like a pressure oh, breath there. Oh my so god. That was so good.
2: That was so good. And when they revealed that oh was the master, I was like, How did I not see that
0: coming? <laughs> oh, I totally <laughs> saw it coming. And I was but, like, Oh, please be
2: right, please be right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I had like it, it was there was something about him that was suspicious at best, but I couldn't pinpoint, I just maybe at the time. Well, I just chalked can it up I just to say, someone of Torchwood or Unit or something.
0: Can I just say, you know, I know we're not on, like, Favorite Master or anything, but he made that conversation so much more difficult. Like, seriously, because he does such a fantastic job. And I really loved Missy from yes. the Capaldi Art um, yeah.
2: like, oh, my God. <laughs> but you then know, when I love- he came along and was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I agree. That, and since I wasn't prepared to do masters, um, I don't have the actor's name, but he was amazing. And his introduction and his portrayal and mannerisms and everything were awesome. Like, goosebumps, and, I was like, ooh. And, and I think for, maybe having that distance of classic villains, it was kind of yeah. <laughs> nice to embrace a familiar
1: and for that, and, Is and that my, weird?
0: We're like, yay, the master's back. Like the biggest <laughs> jerk ever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My only chime in on that is that, you know, we had no reason to believe that he was the master. None. Because we saw the two versions of the master die.
0: Kill themselves by killing yeah. each other. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> what reason do we have to believe that either one of them survived? So But
0: yeah, but the master has been perfectly cast throughout this entire series. Like perfect. I couldn't yeah, I couldn't, have, I I couldn't have chosen better. But okay. yeah, like I still, I there was that just that little like in the back of my mind. Wait, this can't be. This feels like it could be. I really hope it is. I gotta be right about this, you know. So when it was revealed, I was like, yes, but how?
1: So, <laughs> but I have a question, and this is more. I'm not concerned about this as a fan, but I'm just wondering. Do you think with Jodie Whittaker and now with the way Chris Chibnall is taking the series? by bringing back classic, uh, uh, villains and now bringing back Jack Harkness, having a Daleks special coming up. Oh do yeah. You, Daleks. <laughs> do you think that this is them trying to win back some Dr. Who fans who may have fallen? Absolutely. Off Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Like I think they, they
1: changed they fucked too up.
0: much. Yeah. They changed too much. They,
1: right.
2: And I, and when it comes to, um, Whitaker's companions, I do like them, but you know, it's taken a while to like them. Cause initially it's almost mm-hmm. like there was too many of them. How am I supposed to give a shit about three? It yeah. Sounds ridiculous, but. Well, I mean, we did manage that successfully with Annie, Rory and River. Exactly. Well, River so, always kind of came and went, so she wasn't right. a fixed third Still, person, though, but yeah. I mean, but she was so much more interesting than Ryan, Yaz or, or Graham. But,
0: Okay, even oh, Rose, Mickey, Rose, Mickey, and Jack were all in the TARDIS at the same time at one point. And I hate Rose, but you know it, that's still like it still worked. You got to know all of them, and you mm-hmm. love them or hate them divisively because they
2: had an impact. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, but I, these guys, I don't know. I just they're kind of bland. I maybe, I'm not like, buying it. I'm I'm, well, like, Gar- again, I'm not. Well, so Graham has familiar. the most
1: person. I feel like Graham has the most personality. Yeah, yeah, he's funny.
2: Does. He's the funniest. For sure. I Which think. actually
1: upsets me that Jeffrey Walsh is leaving the show. Yeah. So I think him and the guy who plays uh, uh what uh Ryan 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 yeah.
2: is his grandson. Right. Okay, step Ryan and grandson. grandson. Step so grandson. Ryan
1: and Graham are leaving. Yaz is the the good the actress that plays Yaz. She's staying on. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and so I like her-, her character. I think she's. Very quite smart and quite capable of being a Absolutely. really effective companion to mm-hmm. Whitaker and really any doctor, yeah. But and I like Ryan seems to work well when he's with someone else, sure.
1: yeah.
0: I feel sure. like Graham has been the glue that held everyone together, not really the doctor being the glue here. He was, yeah.
1: Hmm. Um, I feel like this, I really feel like this next season of with Jody Whitaker is going to. Make or break it? it. It's going to make it or break it for her. I do. I really do. And the fact that they're bringing back Jack Harkness, I don't know if that's going to be a more long term thing or it's just for this special just to get ratings. I I don't know. But I feel like this next season is really going to be the testament of her time as the doctor. Is this really going to be okay? I have to step, the crew has to step up and we have to make this work. Or is it time to look to recast? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and I think that, I think we're going to know that by, By the time this next season starts airing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and hopefully, you know, by the time we record again, hopefully I'll be into the Whitaker seasons and have a little bit more of a fresh perspective. Of since I'm, like I said, I've only I've only rewatched her seasons like twice. (laughs) It's not enough. Not
1: enough. and I, I hope the next time we meet, we can delve a little more into The Companions, uh, because I would really would like to talk about Clara. I got a lot Absolutely. to say about oh, Clara. me
2: too. Me too. Me too. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> uh, Bill, I, I actually have quite wow. a bit to say about Bill and the one season Bill had and how I felt about it and like to get your perspectives on it too. Um, yeah, of course
0: mine is decidedly
1: negative. Well, I can't wait to hear your opinion about it. <laughs> so...
2: But I think we're gonna I know we've got a million more things to say. Hopefully we can try and squeeze it in. Any uh, final thoughts on the doctor, specifically the doctor on our next recording. Cause yeah, we got about two minutes left and I'm not upgrading to pro Zoom. <laughs> sorry, Zoom.
1: My oh, final sorry. thought is my final thought final is thought. that my final thought is that I think we're gonna have a lot of fun over the course of the next year talking about this. I, I really do. As long as, you know, especially now that we have more limited time, I think it's going to allow us to do more episodes. So um, it's something I'm looking forward to.
0: I agree. And, you know, just as a final shout out thing, I want to give Christopher Eccleston credit for setting the the stage, building the yeah. foundation that made this show possible the yes, way it yeah. has right. been. Yeah, uh, he doesn't. So he does not get enough credit, no. and he deserves
2: it. He absolutely deserves it. He accomplished that in one season. That's yeah. huge. When we talk about it in the house, favorite doctor and villains and all of that, you know, I always would tell the kids, I'm like, well, you always have to give props to nine, because without yeah. nine in the new season, we wouldn't. He, you know, Ross's favorite is eleven. Again, kids love him. Uh, And without nine, we wouldn't have had 11, nine to 11, basic counting. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Christopher Eccleston. Thank you, Christopher Eccleston. So, well, I think we're going to wrap it up now. yeah, thanks, Eric and Laura, for joining today in the Who's Who episode of My Streaming Bubble. And we'll definitely continue on again. But until then, stay safe. Keep streaming.
1: Keep streaming, everyone.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.